0: that's nine-inch nails been on a kick all right here we go can
1: you hear it with your ears can you see it with your eyes can you feel it wiggling between your quivering thighs that thing that thing Once every millennial something will come along When you feel it you will know it Cause it's coming on strong That thing, that thing, that thing with James Sit back, relax, deep breaths, no stress Let me come it Inside your mind I promise you it won't take long The change will happen soon You'll feel something so special Growing deep within you That thing That thing
0: Welcome to episode 10 of That Thing with James J. Asher II. That's me! Man, I can't believe I've been doing this for 10 weeks already. 10 weeks! That's like, uh, longer than a month. It doesn't even feel like it's been that long. Honestly, I feel like this could be my third episode. Although, I recently got, um, I finally, finally got around to getting this podcast- up in podcast audio form on, on podcast distribution, um, apps and websites. Right now I'm on Stitcher. I'm on Google Play. I'm on TuneIn. Uh, I, I'm still waiting to hear back from Spotify. Spotify is a funky one, uh, to get on. Uh, so I'm waiting to hear back from Spotify and I'm still waiting to hear back from Apple Music, iTunes. Um, so, yeah. So, if you have Stitcher TuneIn or Google uh, Google Play Podcasts, podcasts are on Google Play, I guess, uh, you can listen to this show while you're, you know, cleaning the house, stuck in traffic, masturbating, uh, brushing your hair, brushing your friend's hair, Picking your nose, picking your friend's, but not picking your friend's nose. So you can listen to it in the shower. You can listen to it while you're taking a dump. You can listen to it while you're cooking. You can listen to it while you're doing yard work. You can listen to it while you're listening to it. Listen to it twice. Play it at the same time. Add some distortion. Cut it up. Chop it up. Mix it up. Stretch it out. Add some flanger. Add some more reverb, echo, double track, you know, tune one down a half step. Play them at slightly different beats. See what happens. You might make some new kind of weird music out of this podcast. So, you know, if you're into that sort of thing, I just gave you the ideas for free. You're welcome. Um, But yeah, I, I finally got around. I was like, okay, okay, James. It's almost episode 10, which it's a landmark for me, but I'm not going to treat this episode as any more or less precious than the other episodes. It's just another episode. Um, and maybe it might be more precious. Cause it's like, Oh shit, you hit the 10, 10 episode mark. And honestly, that's just kind of arbitrary, but it is weird to think that it's been 10 weeks already. Um, and I am, Also, I feel good that I have this up in audio form, finally. So, if you're just now finding this, and if you're listening to this, I have... Well, I've got all the episodes up. Um, But for the first nine episodes of this this podcast, uh, when the episodes came out, it was only on YouTube. So if you're listening, I have a YouTube channel. Just search for uh, the name go to youtube and search for the name of this this show that thing with James J Asher the 2nd that's me named after my grandpappy whom I never met he would be in his hundreds by now maybe even 100 teens i think he was born in 1897 sometime around there definitely born in the 1800s he had polio like his whole life in his legs so he lived his life on crutches, and uh, he's my namesake. Uh, I never met him. He, he, he died decades before I was born. Um, but I bear his name with number two at the end. Some people try to mix it up. Some people try to call me a junior. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm a second. I'm not a junior. Okay. Anyway, what are we gonna do today? Um, I, oh, I've got a couple emails. If you want to email me, hit me up. That thing with James at gmail.com. Some questions. You need some advice? I'll give you some advice. Whatever. Just want to, you know, give me some encouragement? I'll always take that. You want to, uh, rip me a new asshole? Um, please don't. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to address these two emails that I got. And I'm going to uh, tell you a story about a fun trip that I had. Um, a physical trip through space and time. Um, a More pronounced one than the one I take in my daily life. Moving out of bed into the bathroom, into the kitchen, and somewhere between those three places. Um, and what else? Hmm. Maybe I... Uh See, I've been working out some other jam stuff. I was jamming something else out. I need to figure out... Uh, how I'm recording this on Audacity, but I also have access to GarageBand. I need to learn how to really play with these things. I know how to chop. I know how to reduce room noise, but... Um, I, I, I want to figure out how to track things and layer them, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera, because I've got ideas. I've got ideas for for sounds, for music, um, and there's layers to it, but uh, I haven't put the energy into figuring out how to fucking do that yet. So I will give you an example and try not to mess it up. I thought of this the other day. So there's that and then there's another part that goes like this on top of that Uh, I'm fucking up. Let's try that again. Okay, so let's add them together. I can do it with my, my voice and I can hear it in my head. I hear all sorts of music. I, that's like the thing. That's uh, one of my superpowers is I hear music. I've always been this way. I hear it. Um, and I hear like all the different parts playing and everything. It's just a matter of figuring out how to articulate that. Um, how to articulate, how to translate and articulate what I'm hearing in my head that's the challenge of music that versus my proficiency or lack thereof of using um, instruments and recording equipment and editing software anyway here we go <laughs> So there's that, and then there's this part that I like, that I thought, to add in to the whole mix, it goes like... said that i like the way this ends up sounding
1: okay <laughs> da, da,
0: da, and so on. I can hear it. Just got to add it all in together. I got to figure out how to do that. So there you go. Super interesting, right? Um, Let's move on to these emails. I I, want to address them up front uh, for no other reason than just because I feel like it. That's this whole fucking show. That's this whole show. Just whatever I feel like. Whatever I feel like. Today I feel kind of like crap. Um, we've had last night uh, a cold front moved in, and we have like some pretty you know noticeable uh, changes in the air pressure. My ears were popping all last night; and they're popping today, the and I just feel kind of drained. So I'm trying to bring some energy to this show. Um, hopefully, it's working. Hmm. Okay, cool. So here are, the, here are the emails that I got. Allow me a moment. I'm pulling the emails up. Okay, here we go. Um, so the first email is from my first troll. I have my first troll now, which is great. Um, I think it means you're doing something right. If you have someone trolling you, I guess you're doing something right. Um, In in this case, uh, the troll happens to be my mother. Uh, This email is from her. Uh, She writes, Your mom sounds great, but what's up with liking Hall and Oates? Who's next? Kenny G? Will she still love you after this? Well, Ma. The thing with Hollow Notes, with liking Holland Oats, is I don't know if I like Holland Oats. I know that I like that song, uh, can't go for that, by Holland Oates. That song's a straight up jam. It's got layers. I like layers. It has layers, it uses space, um, especially when you're listening to it on headphones. Um, so yeah. I like that song can't go for that. I don't know. Did Hollow Notes make that song Rich Girl? Cuz I don't like that. I don't like that song. So, I I can't say that I like Hollow Notes. It's just that I like that one song. I can go for can't go for that. No can do, in parentheses no can do. Uh so There you go. Next question. This one is from my friend Jaime. Jaime asks, Sup amigo? I got two questions for your podcast. Do you believe in aliens? And do you think that there are other Earth-like planets that have humans? Yes and yes. I... uh, I believe in aliens just as i believe in ghosts or supernatural things um i believe in them in that i believe there are things that humans uh cannot perceive there there's a You know substantial part of the light spectrum that we can't see with our eyes Um, you know if we're not blind we still can't see these things Uh, there is certain frequencies we cannot hear Um, you know like a dog whistle you know uh, you know why you can't hear a dog whistle because it doesn't have any lips (laughs) oh my God, I'm so funny. Uh, But, you know, the dog whistle, you blow it and you can't hear it, but dogs can hear it. There are things we can't perceive physically, uh, and there are things that we can't conceive intellectually, I believe. Um, We don't know what we don't know. There are known unknowns, um, and there are... Unknown unknowns. So there's all sorts of shit that we can't pick up on that might be around. Um, so when it comes to aliens or ghosts or any any potentially supernatural thing, because... Um, I think they, it, it might all already be around us or in us or going through us or whatever, um, be, simply because it exists on like a different wavelength, you know. Uh, we exist on... We, we exist and can perceive things that uh, vibrate at a certain frequency. Um, these different types of, uh, you know, particulate energy that uh, vibrates and creates matter, uh, light, sound, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, So, yeah. I I believe in aliens, for sure. Now, do I believe that there is another Earth-like planet with humans on it? I say, sure, why not? And this is for the whole aliens thing, you know, if... Maybe they're just, they're around us. Maybe like when you get a creepy feeling or something, like maybe ghosts are just kind of like lap over, like crossover between two channels, you know, back in the day when like, you know, you'd flip between channels and you'd come across a channel that was mostly static, but you could see a little bit of Skinamax playing a, a titty flick on it. Um, and you'd watch it through the static. You could kind of see the image and you could kind of pick up a little bit of audio, maybe sometimes more now than others. Uh, and, and that was the whole basis of that one movie with um, Jodie Foster. What was that movie? Contact, I think. Her dad went out there or some shit. Um, so this is definitely not an original idea. Um so I think that plays something into it. And I, I also heard, I forget where I heard it, but, uh, it was a woman, uh, F- Liz Fair. It was, I heard an interview with Liz Fair talking about ghosts and supernatural things. And she's like, hell yeah, I believe in it. I think it's future science. And, uh, I can dig that. I can dig that. You know, there were times where, uh, you know, someone could maybe guess that there is such a thing as bacteria or cells or atoms for that matter Um, people could think of those things these ideas popped out of the ether into someone's head and they and they articulated that thought that expression um either through art or science or whatever um so yeah yeah, when it comes... To future science, that's what I was getting at. Yeah, Liz Fair called it future science because it's just something that we don't understand yet. We're experiencing it, but we we don't know what to look for or how to look for it or how to understand it yet. So yeah, we're not at the end of anything. We're still discovering things. And so if there is an Earth-like planet with humans on it, I say, yeah, sure. I say, be agnostic about it. I say, don't say there's a definite no. Don't say there's a definite yes. Say there's a simple, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the evidence. Doesn't mean the evidence isn't out there. I haven't found any evidence to disprove my unprovable evidence. You know, uh, that that can be become a slippery slope. But essentially, when it comes to, you know, everything, I think it's healthy to keep an agnostic outlook on things. So maybe, yeah. Maybe, yeah. There could possibly be an Earth-like place um, with humans on it. Humans like us. Uh, the question is, like... I was thinking about this before, and I was like, is the question where as much as when it is? You know, like, where in space-time? But then, you know, where and when are the same thing? Space-time, space and time are the same thing. Like, as far as far as I understand it, it's the same thing. So, you know, you can't... I, I had a conversation about this one time with... Uh, um, one of my professors in college, we were at the bar, and he was saying, like, you know, you w- when you move through space, you're moving through time. And when you move through time, you're moving through space. You have to not be moving to not move through time. And that's not going to do much good because you're on a planet that's moving. Um, a universe that's moving. So, w- but you know when you move through space you move through time and so when you like you say you walk forward you're you're not only walking forward in space you're walking forward in time so you're traveling to the future you're walking to the future but say you want to go back you want to go back in time so you walk back you can even walk backwards to where you were and. The physical plane. However, you have not walked backwards in time. You've walked yet again forward in time, even though your intent was to walk backwards through space. But the thing is, in order, even if you're walking backwards, you're traveling forward in a certain direction. It would be a complete absurdity to travel backwards forwards. You know, I don't know how better to explain this. I feel like I sh- that's a question a mathematician should be able to answer, but yeah. So yeah, yes and yes. Also, Jaime, he asked me to uh, give him a shout out to belief in art shirts. You can find them on Facebook. I will. I'm gonna try to see if I can get this the link into the description for this episode. Uh, there, he's got some really. fun... Really cool shirts. It's really good artwork. Um, A lot of them have political statements that I get behind for sure. Um, Based out of Denver. Belief in Art shirts. Belief in Art shirts. You can find it on Facebook. Um, Check it out. They're really cool shirts. And, dude, I just really dig the internet, you know? Like, I dig that... It's easier to get in touch with people and it's easier to distribute uh, a product these days, whatever it might be, Um, an artistic product, anything, anything you create, it's easier to get in touch with people who are interested in it. And as a consumer, it's easier to find the thing that you're interested in these days. It's easier now than it ever was. You don't have to rely on quite so many middlemen so often you don't have to wait uh, you know because you don't know about a distributor or something uh, you don't have to wait for a third party to gather these things and set it up in a big shop and say hey do you like any of this shit and then they you know you go in there and you might find something you like but you, chances are most likely you might not find anything you like or you might walk into a shop that's got everything you like and you want to get it all um, so yeah, I'm done with that. For now, I want to get into the story. I want to tell you a story about a trip that I took with Emily, um, who I'm going to have as my guest for the next episode. Yes, finally, another guest. Not that you're not good enough company. You're great company. I love hanging out with you. But, you know, it's nice to have visitors to the show, right? So, I'm going to have a visitor for the next episode. Um, But Emily and I uh, took a trip to New Orleans, I believe it was two years ago? Was it two years ago? Yeah, let's see. Nine, eight, seven. Yeah, we took a trip to New Orleans two years ago. We drove... So from Austin to New Orleans, driving, you go down to Houston, and from Houston you take um, an interstate highway, I forget which number, Uh, you take that highway just east, you just keep going east, you go through Baton Rouge, and you eventually end up in uh, New Orleans, um, if I remember correctly. So we took this trip... It was oh how long did we stay there we stayed there about a week I believe Um, maybe five days and then a couple days for travel and um, it was a good trip it was one of the best trips I'd ever taken Um, probably because I don't get take that many trips I don't have uh, the opportunity to take trips yet one of these days though one of these days I, I hope to be, um, ha- have the liberty uh, via scheduling, free schedule and resources. Uh, I, I hope to travel a lot more, essentially. I, lo- I want to travel a lot more. And so does Emily. Um, but we took a trip to New Orleans two years ago. We drove and we went in august because we wanted to go during an off season and august was an off season and yeah it was going to be hot there but it was hot in texas already so you know fuck it it wasn't going to be any different just more humid which you know whatever it gets really hot this apartment we've got two crappy uh window units for air conditioners and they make a lot of noise and i think i talked about them in the last episode they make a lot of noise. Uh, they rattle the apartment, and uh, and they they don't. You know they're easily defeated by what an oven this this apartment turns into in the summer, uh, and the summers are long here. Um, so we went in August for an off season, and we got a really sweet deal. We got four or five nights. For like 75 bucks a night for a room At this old place called Lamotte House Lamotte House oh, I forget the name of the boulevard that it's located on But that boulevard uh, Right across from Lamotte House Is the French Quarter So we were right on the border If that boulevard is a border Or that avenue um, Then we were right on the border Right across the street from the French Quarter, and uh, so we stayed at the Lamotte House, and it's an old place. It's an old place with a lot of history, and it is on the haunted places list. Um, there are some stories of people um, seeing things, experiencing things there. I didn't experience anything when I was there. Um, Maybe I, I felt a little creeped out one night, but that just happens sometimes. I feel a little creeped out at night sometimes. Um, just brain playing tricks, or maybe I am picking up on something. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, we, we booked a place. We booked a stay at Lamotte House, and we drove seven hours. It's a seven-hour trip. We drove seven hours to New Orleans, and the driver's were even more aggressive than in Texas. I was surprised. And at least in Texas, people will back off, you know, usually, unless you get a dickhead. Usually, yeah, it is pretty crazy and aggressive, but usually someone will back off and then just get around you or something. Not in, not in fucking New Orleans. They got right on my tail because I didn't know where I was going and I am a safe driver anyway. I didn't. I didn't know where I was going. So I was going a little bit slower. I was going like the speed limit or maybe two miles under it. And just, there were so many people just getting right up on my tail, flipping me off, honking their horns and then speeding around me just in time for someone else to go up right on my tail, flip me off, scream, honk their horn and blast around me again. Um, fortunately I didn't have to drive any more than just going into the city and then going out. Um, so we, we got there, we got a little bit lost. we got a little bit testy, trying to find Lamotte house. Um, we, we We drove around the block more than a block. We uh, we ended up in a pretty sorry looking neighborhood at one part. It looked like a war zone. It looked like a war zone. and uh, it is most defi- it was most definitely. Part of new orleans that was just ignored because well it was a black neighborhood and the people there were poor and their neighborhood seriously looked like a fucking war zone there were dilapidated buildings crumbles of houses there was rubble rubble in the streets rubble who sees rubble in the streets those people who live in that neighborhood, which is just around the corner from some pretty nice places. Um, so there was a pretty uh, well-defined, uh, very visible line there between socioeconomic classes. Between, there was an obvious physical class divide that you could see there. Uh, so that's that's one thing. Um, Port Puerto Rico, man. Talk about being fucking ignored. Jesus Christ. It's disgusting what this administration has done and what what it has not done. Um, anyway, this is not a politics show. There's enough of that shit around everywhere else. This show's about hanging out and telling stories and having a good time, right? Right. So, New Orleans, Lamont House. Uh, we were there and uh we were about i don't know a few blocks away from a friend of mine uh from college his name is josh and i consider josh one of my heroes he has helped me out in big ways he saved me from spending a night on the streets in lawrence kansas he drove like an hour or more to pick me up he drove from manhattan kansas because uh, he was stationed there at the time. He was military. Was military. He was stationed in Manhattan, Kansas. And uh, he saw that I, I, I was going to be spending a cold night on a bench um, in, in Lawrence, Kansas. A cold 24 hours without anywhere to be. Without anywhere to stay. Uh, so he drove and, and picked me up. He just saw, I put something out on social media saying, like, please, for the love of God, if anybody knows anybody in the Lawrence, Kansas area, if there are any friends in college, just let me know. Here's my number. I'm desperate for a place to crash because I the, the last time I went through Lawrence, I, I I didn't have a place to hang out. Luckily, there was a 24-hour um, cereal bar there downtown a few blocks away from the train station I was going to. And this was all part of the another trip. A trip i took to chicago um that's a long story i'll tell another time maybe um but yeah i went to chicago that week and then i came back through lawrence kansas and my friend josh saved me from uh you know a homeless night and uh drove me to his place in manhattan kansas and so i like to tell people and that was the week i I went to manhattan and kansas in the same week so yeah that was fun so josh josh um he finished up his uh contract with the military and um moved to new orleans which he'd wanted to do for some time and fortunately it just it just so turned out you know like i knew he was in in the big easy and so i reached out to him and said hey we're staying at this place called Lamott house Um, I know you're living in New Orleans. I'd love to meet up with you. He ended up being our tour guide, one of our two tour guides, because he messaged me back and said, Lamont House is in my hood. The Marigny. I think Marigny is where I was staying. I think the Metairie is kind of like a little bit out, kind of like Round Rock is to Austin. The Metairie is to, you know, New Orleans, I think. So I think it was called the Marigny, was the neighborhood, which is right across right up next to the French Quarter. He was like, dude, I live there. Um, I'm a few blocks from you, so we can hang out. Let's hang out. And so we hung out. Uh, And then um, he he gave us a tour around the city and he introduced us to a a friend of his, mm, uh, excuse me, um, an older man who um, also lived in the neighborhood. Who went by the moniker Big Daddy Chuck, Big Daddy Chuck, and uh, Big Daddy Chuck? The, our first night into in town, we we got there. Uh, Emily and I got there. Let's back up. Okay, so we drive seven hours, we get lost trying to find Lamotte House. We end up arguing and stuff. I, I I get a bunch of like different work emails saying like. Hey, are you going to be here for this thing? And I'm like, Hey, no, I told you months ago, I'm doing this. And I told you again, right before I left that I'm going to be here. Sorry. You know, and of course people don't want to admit that they forgot about that stuff or just ignored it. So uh, clearly it was my fault for communicating with them and then for them, forgetting that I communicated with them anyway. Um, we eventually found the parking lot and we checked into Lamotte house and dude, it was so fucking creepy up on the second floor. The second floor is where the, uh, the desk is in Lamont house. The first floor, it's just an old building and it has the courtyard in the middle and other buildings outside all connected to it, like a complex kind of a thing. And, uh, you know, so we go up to the second floor and there's a guy there who looks like a vampire's thrall. It looks like someone who's put under the spell. The dude had bags under his eyes. he was just so creepy. It was fucking weird man. Uh, and, and it was starting to get dark outside and settled and we were just like really uh, you know you just step in a step out of your car into New Orleans and you're just hit. you're soaking in the the vibe there. And it's definitely got its own vibe. Nothing I, I I've never been anywhere else that has a vibe like New Orleans does. It's definitely got a vibe to it, um, and it's cool, but also kind of edgy. It's kind of a it's a weird vibe. It's a swamp vibe. <laughs> it's it's kind of creepy, and that that host. Uh, or who, whatever that concierge or whatever sitting at the desk, he was creepy. He was just pale. He had bags under his eyes. It looked like he was in his early sixties, maybe. Could have been in his fifties. Couldn't tell. He looked like shit. He looked like he hadn't slept in forever. And it was just like, you know, he looked like he could check you into the Adams family house, the Adams family mansion, rather. It was, hey, can I help you? Yes, And he would look down at us. He'd cock his head down and kind of like look up with the brow arching just from the angle of his face. And he'd get a little grin like he knew something. He knew some dark secret that we did not. And Emily and I suspected that that secret may have lived in the door. That was next to the desk. It was a metal door with a little one-way window on it. So the mirror, the reflective part of the window, of course, is facing into where we are. But there's a metal door with a one-way window, one-way mirror. And we wondered what the hell was behind that door. Why is the door so heavy metal, which is completely uh you know a uh what's the word i'm looking for it didn't fit it didn't fit with the aesthetic of the rest of the building which is like older and just kind of you know southern gothic like that whole city what was in there we suspected there may have been a vampire in there Because that dude definitely looked like he was, you know, if we were to cast someone to be a vampire's thrall, that guy would have been it. He would have been it. And and the vampire would have lived behind that metal door. What was behind it? We never found out. But it was seriously like, there's some weird shit. And it didn't necessarily, it, it didn't feel. It was weird, but it didn't feel... Um, It felt like a supernatural kind of a weird It didn't feel like Oh shit, human trafficking It felt like something other It felt like other That's what it felt like Um, So yeah, we check in uh, And we meet up With Josh And Big Daddy Chuck Uh, We meet up with them like halfway And we walk to A restaurant for dinner uh, called uh, Coop's Place. Coop's Place. And uh, what? Was that on Decatur Street, maybe? Something. You can look it up. Coop's Place. And their, I think their signature dish is called Chicken Chopachulas. <laughs> it was so fucking good. And I got a couple beers. And uh, you, no one had any qualms with me Taking that, finishing that beer out on the street, finishing it out on the sidewalk. I really liked that aspect. Uh, um, it was liberating. It was liberating to be able to just have a beer on the street, and walk around, take it easy. The big easy. Uh, and, and you can walk into any store, even driving there. We stopped in this fucking grease spot, Slide L. We stopped in Slidell, Louisiana, and I'd heard about it before. Uh, I I think I know somebody who knows somebody who's from Slidell. I think think the town's called Slidell. I might be confusing it with somewhere else. But I'm just going to say it was Slidell. (laughs) Sorry if you live there. But it was wherever we stopped. I, I, I don't know what the rest of the town looks like. But where we stopped, like on the side of the highway, talk about a fucking grease stain on the on the asphalt that place was a grease stain and commercial form we stopped at a we stopped at for lunch at a wendy's and the fucking ceiling had water stains all over all over it and uh it was some parts were dripping there were some buckets set out <laughs> dripping ceiling tiles asbestos ceiling tiles uh, it, it had not, the design had not been updated. You know, how every now and then fast food restaurants just do, kind of redo their uh, physical design. Um, this place was an older generation design of, of uh, Wendy's. It had been forgotten about in all but, you know, square patties. They still got square patties, but most of the part, they were just kind of set off to the side. They're working in the basement, the the when the slide owl Wendy's. So we get there, it's empty, uh, except for like two workers, and uh, we order our food. We get our food. We take our food <laughs> to a table. A couple of construction workers walk in. They're ordering. They get their stuff. They sit down, waiting for their order. We start eating, Emily and I, and uh, while I eat, I just get the loudest parts. <laughs> On a plastic seat. So it amplified, it echoed. It became an auditorium. That seat was an auditorium for my ass, ass horn. And it echoed throughout that empty, drippy Wendy's. And the guys, Emily, just like, Emily looked down, man. And she couldn't fucking, she was just so embarrassed. And I just started. <clears throat> Snickering, like <laughs> guffaw, <clears throat> hurt. no that hurt my throat. Ow. Anyway, yeah, the guys looked. Uh, I, I I didn't look, but Emily said uh, the uh, construction workers are looking. <laughs> and I, I I looked, and they kind of looked away quickly. And I was like, you know, whatever. I farted a few more times, and it, it, all the all times were amplified by the auditorium of that seat. Uh. uh <laughs> And every time I could hear the guys having a low conversation. And then just every time I went, <coughs> they, they went quiet. <laughs> so we had, <laughs> I passed gas, embarrassed the shit out of Emily. We, we got in the car. I needed to gas up, so I go and stop at some gas station that I saw just adjacent on the side road. And I, I, I get out, and this place is just fucking gross. It's a fucking nasty... It, it, it has literal grease spots, and it is a grease spot. It just looked like fucking greasy trash. Uh, it looked like a dumpster in gas station form. A shitty dumpster in gas station form. A shitty city in the shitty part of town dumpster in gas station form. And, uh, you know, I go in there, and it's all shitty inside and dark... But there was liquor bottles, all behind. There's behind the counter. There were cigarettes and other things and liquor bottles. A lot of liquor bottles and a lot of different kind of liquor bottles. Whole lot of Jack Daniels, Black Label. Um, and that kind of blew my mind. I was, you know, not used to seeing uh, liquor in a convenience store. So, so yeah, it was no different in New Orleans. What what time are we at? What time are we at? Okay. It was no different in New Orleans uh, in that you could get liquor in any store. You could just walk into a convenience store and and get a full bottle of liquor. Uh, And you could even go into a place called Verdy Mart and get whatever beers you wanted and make your own six-pack. Like, this is a pretty well-known convenience store in the French Quarter, Verdi Mart, V-E-R-T-I, and uh, you can get everything there. They make sandwiches there, and they're so good. And huge sandwiches for pretty cheap, not like three bucks, but for what you got and for the ingredients that went into it and the way it's cooked fresh right there and you can't get it anywhere else, uh, it's fucking cheap to pay $7 for like a, two or three meal sandwich that's just, you know, dripping and fucking stuffed full with all sorts of shit. All sorts of great shit. You know, Creole shrimp with some ham, cheese, yada, 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 whatever else. Get whatever you want. They've got a menu. You can look it up online. You can find a menu online for Verdi Mart. But they also had beers while you waited. They had, uh, you know, coolers or You know, the refrigerators with the glass doors so you can look in and they've got all sorts of beers and six packs, uh, you know, or just sitting around. And you can just take one. You don't have to buy the whole six pack. You don't have to buy one of a kind of a a whole thing. You can make your own six pack of any different six beers they had there. And uh, they had your average beers. They had micro brew beers, all sorts of different beers. You could just go in, get a beer, pay for it, of course. And just take it outside and drink it while you're walking around, walking through the quarter. But be careful when you're in the quarter, because you might run into some supernatural shit. Things get interesting in the French Quarter after the sun has disappeared. Things get interesting there. If you... Have been to New Orleans, you probably know what I'm talking about. If you've been to New Orleans and you have a certain sensitivity, if you have a certain sensitivity, if you have the if you, you still have your innate ability to be affected by things. And if you have that, and if you've been to New Orleans, to the French Quarter at night, you know what I'm talking about. Um, And this is a feeling you get not during the big festivals, not during the Blues Fest, um, not during, of course, Mardi Gras, uh, or one of the many fests there. When you go during the off time, when it's a little bit slower, And you can experience it more as if you lived there. um, Like you were being a tourist in your own city. Kind of a thing. Um, You know what I'm talking about. It's got a certain vibe. If you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, read Anne Rice. Read the stuff that she writes. If you haven't read anything by Anne Rice yet, many of her novels um switch between you know San Francisco and New Orleans because she lived there so she knows those places Ann Rice she was born in Texas and then lived in New Orleans for a long time and then lived in San Francisco for a long time she was a teacher she's teaching i think she's like a maybe an adjunct professor or maybe I just insulted her. Maybe she was an associate professor. Who knows? Um, but if, if you if you are interested in the kind of vibe I'm talking about, I strongly suggest reading things like, well, the first three um, vampire novels. Interview with the Vampire, The Vampire Lestat, and Queen of the Damned. And also read... Definitely, oh definitely, The Witching Hour, which I still haven't gotten through. That's a long book. I need to finish that up. I'm, I'm about to need something new to read. Um, I need to finish Catch-22 as well uh, before that TV show comes out on Hulu. Man, I'm excited about that. Um, okay, going back to New Orleans, if you're curious about what that feels like, read one of those books, the first three uh, Vampire Chronicles, and definitely read... The Witching Hour by Anne Rice. There's a lot of New Orleans in it, and she does a fantastic job of getting the vibe. You know, you can watch the show True Blood uh, if you want that, you know, the Louisiana Southern Gothic vibe, but to experience the kind of vibe that I'm talking about, I think that um, Anne Rice has a unique gift Of describing the exact feeling that I'm talking about now whether I expected that feeling or not I don't know if it's influenced because of her descriptions because I read her books but then again I believe that I had been to New Orleans once um, before I read any of her books I went to New Orleans with my parents and I loved it there and I felt this feeling We stayed in the French Quarter, and and, and I got this certain feeling from the place, and it was the feeling that I would later see um, expressed, articulated by someone else, using the exact words that I was feeling um, to describe the the spirit of that part of the world. especially the quarter the whole city well the city proper that I've experienced but especially the quarter has a certain vibe to it um, it has a certain otherworldliness and of de- that of course it's got its jazz it's got its party and one of the things that I really 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 appreciated about it um, was its friendliness I, I, the people would talk to you now you know I was A little bit, you know, I'd be on guard a little now and then, especially if I was walking out late because there's a high crime rate in in New Orleans, uh, you know, which I believe is directly associated with um, how the city's been treated and kind of left to rot. Um, It's poor. And so, of course, there's violence. Um, I don't think that's a. I don't think that's the people committing the violence. I don't think it's, in a broad sense, I, if you want to figure out why they're, why they're committing some kind of crime or violence or something, I, I feel like you could probably find it, its root in the fact that that person has to fucking struggle to barely live, to barely survive. Um, anyway, like this isn't a political show. Come on, come on. Um, we were walking around What does it feel like? What are the words to describe it? You're there. There's Spanish architecture. It's called the French Quarter, but a lot of the stuff has Spanish architecture. There's some French architecture, but for the most part, the buildings there are Spanish. That's why they have the the courtyards with the, you know, fountains and pools and plants and stuff. You go in there to cool off, just like... uh, a lot of buildings in Spain. They have a courtyard in the middle of a sort of a complex kind of setup, um, and you're walking around. These streets are old, old streets. And You're walking around, and it's nighttime, and you feel like you're you could be in Europe or something. It 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 does not feel like you're in the United States. You are in another world. There, you are in another dimension. It feels like that. And uh, the people there are willing to talk to you. As a matter of fact, if you're like, you know, got your guard up and everything, um, they'll talk to you, especially if you don't look like a tourist, um, which Emily and I are big into. Don't look like. First rule of travel, first rule of being a tourist is don't look or act like a tourist. Because when you look like a tourist and you act like a tourist, you're probably a fucking tourist, and you probably have money, so your your chances of getting fucked over are a little more likely if you look like a, if you look and act like a tourist. So, first rule of being a tourist is don't look like a tourist. Okay, um, so we were blending in there, but I'm sure it was pretty fucking obvious still that we were tourists because it's there's constantly tourists there because it's a cool place and it's very historical which is another thing i really dig about it um so much history in that city and uh and when you're walking through those streets at night it, it, it has a certain edge to it it's got a beauty to it it's old and uh And it also has a bit of a feels like it's got a little bit of a danger to it. Like you're not sure entirely what could happen. Um, But then there's also just like a loose vibe, and it's warm. And usually people, even at night, will just say, "Hey, how you doing?" You know, they'll look at you and wave and shit. There's one time I thought some dude was like gonna try to fucking ask me for some money or something because I was walking to the uh, a corner store at like uh, ah two in the morning, three in the morning. Woke up early, I, wanted, I was thirsty, a little bit hungry, walked down there, and walking under these trees, and it's just muggy, heavy, heavy air, and dark, and quiet, and there's some dude uh, walking either in front of, her, no, no, he was walking in front of me, and I was trying to keep back, and he heard me walk in, and he just turned around, he was about my age, just turned and looked. He's like, Hey, man. And I was like, Hey, you know, trying to keep to myself. I'm like, I don't have the fucking money for you. I'm sorry. I didn't want to have to get him that conversation. And he kept saying, Hey, hey, and I go, Hey, and finally said, Hey, are you having a good night, man? And I said, Yeah, I'm having a pretty good night. And he said, Good, me too. You keep having a good night. And then just walked on. So, um, people there, they will look at you, and they will talk to you, they will acknowledge you, and I like that, I like it a lot, especially in a city. Um, in Austin, it felt so fucking weird when we came back, because I was just saying hi to people, and waving, and just being present, and open, forthright. Connecting with other people. And I'm in my neighborhood and... People are fucking cold shoulder. They were scared to look at me. Scared to say hi. It was... It just felt extremely alienating. Um, And this city often can feel alienating. New Orleans, however, did not in any way feel alienating. New Orleans felt like uh, it welcomed aliens. And... That's not entirely surprising given the history of the place. Unfortunately, it was a major slave port. But um, it was a major port. So a lot of different people moved there. Which leads me to another thing. So Emily and I check in to Lamont House. We go to Coop's Place with Big Daddy Chuck and my old friend Josh. Now Big Daddy Chuck... I don't remember his age, but... He was an older man. Uh, He was an old queen, as a matter of fact, and he had such a big, beautiful, baritone voice, and a certain kind of accent. See, Big Daddy Chuck was born and raised in New Orleans, and so he had the accent. And honestly, every now and then, I would think that he had a New York accent. And I was like, why is this sound so close? So I asked Emily about it, saying like, hey, I think Big Daddy's got a kind of a, it could be confused as a New York accent if you weren't listening closely. And she agreed that, yeah, it did have a, his accent did have a slight, um, New York touch to it. More than slight. It could be confused for it. Possibly. Possibly. Um, an older man's accent, um. And I started thinking, why would an older NOLA accent sound kind of like an older New Yorker accent? And I was thinking maybe it's because these were both made, they're old, and both were major ports and have been major ports for a long time. And there were a lot of immigrants that came through. Even NOLA had immigrants, they had Irish, they had Italian. Um, all sorts of different immigrants, Vietnamese even. So it was very much a melting pot. So maybe similar kinds of different cultures pouring into these two major port cities may have both evolved into a similar sort of accent, maybe. That's the only thing I can think of. But anyway... After eating my chicken chopachulas and finishing my beer on the street, um, it's dark outside now. And Josh and Big Daddy Chuck want to take us on a tour of the quarter. And we go on a tour of the quarter. And during our tour, we pass by other, you know, proper tours. And uh, Chuck and Josh were both like, I want you to listen to these guys. I don't remember specifically what uh, the tour guides were saying in front of certain landmarks. But Josh and Chuck would look and say, that's not the truth. That's not the real history. And they would give us the real history. Because Josh was into the history. He knew the history of that town. And Big Daddy Chuck, he knew it too because he grew up there. He lived there. And so they told us the real history of the town, of the quarter. And just took us around and took us around on a tour. And we got to Jackson Square. We get to Jackson Square. And... We take a look at uh, the, uh, what was it, what was it, St. Louis, St. Louis Cathedral, St. Louis, St. Louis, I'm going to call it the St. Louis Cathedral, make it really American, Uh, we stopped at the St. Louis Cathedral, and it is beautiful, and of course Jackson Square is beautiful, oh, and I just remembered, I forgot to say, yeah i've gone to new orleans once before with my parents when i was um i think maybe 15 maybe but we went four months before hurricane katrina hit four months before so that's pretty fucking wild uh, that i did i got to experience it pre-katrina and after katrina um back to big daddy chuck and the tour and all this stuff we get to jackson square we get to st louis cathedral Chuck has something to show us uh, about a Jesus statue at the back of the St. Louis Cathedral. You go in the back. It's uh, there's a you know a gate around it, but there's a back yard, a back garden, and a very tall statue of Jesus with his arms out um, in a welcoming manner, and he's standing there in his robes, his arms out, open arms, and uh, his hands are up, and the thumb on the left hand. Is missing or like the half like the tip of it is gone half of the thumb is gone and Chuck was like all right now I want you uh, man I, I, I forgot what his accent sounds like so I can't really imitate it but he said I want you to look at that hand tell me what you see there oh, well the thumb's gone right now look at the shadow of the statue being cast on the church so there were some lights in front of the statue lighted up at night and those lights cast a shadow on the cathedral on the back of the cathedral and you could see the shadow of jesus with his arms out and um it was a fuzzy shadow and uh the <laughs> well chuck was like now look at the hand on the shadow tell me what you see And I'm like it's a hand of the shadow I, th- I think he was trying to get at, uh in the shadow, you could see the thumb. Or he could see the thumb or something. I couldn't see the thumb. I tried looking. I saw the thumb on the right hand in the shadow. I saw the shadow's thumb on the right hand. And I saw the shadow's thumb on the left hand. Or, no, no, no. It was missing on the left hand. Because the thumb on the statue was missing. Right? Yeah. And, uh you know, I I don't think I saw it. I don't think I saw it that shadow was missing a thumb just like the statue so that was a moment um but we got to look at the cathedral and then we turn around and start walking another direction and there's some open space before we get to like a uh, built, or like a bar or a restaurant the other side of the square and right next to it coming out of a sort of alleyway out of the shadows was what i can only describe as a demon A demon. So really... It was a person... In one of the scariest costumes... I had ever seen in my life. In the middle of August! It's like a fucking Thursday. You know? Like a Tuesday or a Thursday. It's a weekday. You know? It's not an end of the... It's just a nothing weekday. Weeknight. And, uh... There's a fucking... Demon person... Coming out of the shadows... Wearing this crazy, pleather, shiny latex. That's what it was. This shiny latex outfit. And it was just covered in this latex. And uh, the legs bent like the legs of a bird. You know? The hind leg of a horse or something. More like a bird legs. It looked like it was on stilts. It was about... I don't over seven feet tall, but it was walking kind of crouched and the legs were all wacky. Um, so it looked a little bit shorter, but if, if it stood up tall, you could tell it was going to be over seven feet. And uh, it's got this this head on it, this mask with these, some kind of like spikes, leather spikes coming out of the top kind of thing. and And, and this mask and glowing eyes, glowing red eyes. This thing crawled out of the shadows. I shit you not. I shit you not. This happened. And we all are just stopped. We we were already stopped discussing where we're going to go next. This thing comes out. We all feel it. We all look over at it for a split second. And then we look down. And, uh, And we look down right as it looks at us, actually. Because it looked at us. It was going in one direction. It stopped. Uh, either heard or sensed that we were near, and it turned, and it cocked its head at a menacing angle. A curious but menacing angle. And we all stopped and said, don't look at it. Of course, Emily looked right at it. It cocked its head the other way again and charged at us. And we all took off like Scooby-Doo and the gang. Down a few blocks until we stopped, out of breath, and uh, had a good laugh about that. So that happened. And then maybe the next day, after the tour, uh, Emily and I stopped in the middle of the day at uh, the old Absinthe House, which is an old house in the quarter. I think accessible in Pirate's Alley, which is next to um, St. Louis's Cathedral in Jackson Square. There's an alley between the square and then this other thing, and it's called Pirate's Alley. Well, if I remember correctly, the old... I think the old absinthe house is located in that alley. And you can go there, and... They say, you know, like Oscar Wilde drank absinthe there. There's this rumor that he came to America and had absinthe there. But anyway, we stop in for an absinthe in the middle of the day. Daytime. And sit down, we're drinking our absinthe, and we're sitting at the bar. And a couple walk up and sit in the two empty Uh, stools next to me and they're vampires Uh, they may not be undead they may not turn to ash in the sun but these people were definitely vampires they had the teeth they had the outfits and everything they were just vampires in the middle of the day sitting uh, uh, on an off season sitting in the old absinthe house drinking an absinthe discussing just mundane day to day hi, how you doing, stuff. These were friends who obviously lived in the city. So it's funky. And there's always music. There's always music. There's always street performance. And they're fantastic. One thing I did not run into on this trip was anyone coming up to me and saying, hey, governor, I bet I can tell you how much them shoes cost. No, no, no. Hey, governor, I bet I can tell you where you got them shoes. And then you say, okay, where? And they say, right there, on your feet, can I have $5? We ran into that, my parents and I ran into that when we went to New Orleans, before Katrina. Afterwards, I did not meet any people like that. Uh, no no hustlers on my trip. And I was fully expecting to run into hustlers because we were in places where there ought to have been hustlers. But uh, we didn't run into any. And, and that kind of reminds me, I I forgot about this dude named Shade. I think his name was Shade. When I lived in Tahlequah, Oklahoma, I was going to, I was going to college there, undergrad. And I was hanging out at, I think, an Irish pub there that is, from what I heard, since closed down because of a crazy story that I don't feel like talking about. And, uh. Well, this Irish pub was open, and this dude came in, and he looked like something stepped right out of a Stephen King novel. He had, like, a you know, black duster, cool black leather hat, broad, broad-brimmed, like, flat-brim, and this certain vibe. And he went out to, like, the patio where everyone's smoking their cigarettes, and he set out, like, uh Actually, no, no, no. He was set up just outside. He was on the sidewalk... And he had some kind of like, uh, you know, interesting looking ornate cloth with a bunch of stones and crystals on it and tarot cards. And uh, I, I, I stopped and talked to him and we just had a chat, got to know each other. And his name was shade and he was from New Orleans. He, it's where he lived. And uh, But he got displaced because of the the hurricane. And he told me what it used to be like there. You'd go, you'd see a lot of psychics around. Um, and there were still some psychics around when Emily and I went two years ago. But he said there used to be a lot more um, psychics and magicians and this sort of thing. And in the Big Easy... But then they got displaced, and now they just kind of roam around. And he roamed around. He was a nomad. He traveled from town to town, doing readings whenever, somehow getting somewhere else. I, I think he drove himself. But yeah, he was a nomad uh, soothsayer. Uh, shade. So that was interesting. I forgot all about that story. Uh, let's see here. Bah, 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 bah. Going during off season. Verdi Mart getting liquor in the corner store. Yeah, Emily and I we went to the, the aquarium in, there in New Orleans. We went to the aquarium. Uh, oh, yeah. Chuck got us drunk a lot. Um, Chuck. We we, we hung out at Chuck's place after that tour After we got chased by that uh, Demon uh, That latex demon And uh, we went to his place And he told us all about his history And all sorts of stuff He liked to talk And we just sat on his porch um, Behind the gate gate, Sat inside his gated porch And drank And drank and drank and drank His fridge he, he uh, He would pour us rum and cokes Mostly rum and large, like 32 ounce cups, just ice, lots of ice, a shit ton of rum and maybe a splash of Coca-Cola. Uh, and we just drank and drank and drank and got good and drunk. And Chuck told us about what he had gone through, um, in the eighties, the seventies and the eighties, cause he was part of the, um, He's a gay man, so there was the gay scene. And he told us about, like, how he lost a lot of friends to to AIDS um, and other things. Friends that died too soon. So that was it was pretty sad. The guy went through some shit. He lost a lot of loved ones. Um, I don't remember all the stories, but it's crazy. It's crazy to think that... Um, AIDS used to be demonized like it was. It's just insane to me. Um, But yeah, we got good and drunk. Chuck always made sure we were good and drunk. And we hung out every few nights. Er, Not every few nights, like almost every night. I think there was one night where Emily and I just had to ourselves. But most other nights we hung out with um, Josh and or Chuck. One day, uh, Josh to finish it up, like, I don't know, something he was working on. And he met up with us later at uh, some place that was not the Acme Oyster House. It was, I think the place starts with an F, it's like Freddy's or something. We stopped and had oysters. He met up with us at at this restaurant and uh, Emily and I beforehand had been uh, on Canal Street, uh, meeting up with Chuck, where he got us good and drunk again and uh (laughs) like i drank just straight he had me taste just straight whiskey it was like oak infused whiskey or something i got totally loaded um and we walked by the ignatius riley statue on on canal street ignatius riley is the main character in a book that my previous guest max um talked about in this book called a confederacy of dunces and if you want to read a really funny book i mean that that book is like legit funny it's like a funny movie kind of funny it's not like any other kind of funny book you've ever read it's nuts it's just it's wacky the characters are wacky um and it's a great read and it's set in new orleans it was written by a dude who lived there who grew up there and so the main character's name is Ignatius Riley, and they made it. There's a bronze statue of him under an old uh, Woolworth, H.G. Woolworth's, or something like that, kind of just department store, which is where the story begins in the book, on Canal Street at that department store. Um, yeah, there's a statue of him there. We're walking around, pass by that. I'm just, ugh, three sheets to the wind. We stop in, meet up with Josh, and what do I eat? My dumbass, I just eat oysters, just like six raw oysters on a stomach full of almost nothing but whiskey. And um that was not a fun walk. It was an interesting walk. Um the world kept tilting a little bit, um as we walked through the quarter, but eventually I sobered up. We all sobered up and drove home and I, I miss it. I miss New Orleans i want to go back i part of me would love to live there and part of me keeps me here because i don't know i don't know that how how that would i i think i might have to like totally uh rethink my what my what my career is if i were to move somewhere like new orleans because they um they have different opportunities and from what I understand not a lot of the ones that I was necessarily looking for. But I really like it there. I felt happy there. But of course it was just a tour. It was just one week. So who knows if I moved there if I would still love it? Who knows? Hmm. Anyway, that's all I got. Alright. Peace.